sorry. No controversial opinions here. You see, the problem is with me. I like to give hints. I spill the beans. I am a surprise ruiner, and I just can't help it. I love it so much. It's kind of like how God is sometimes. He likes to give us hints about big things sometimes, too. Like how he hinted about the very first Christmas present all those years ago. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, and she will have a son, and his name will be Emmanuel. Oh, he was preparing a gift, all right. He packed up the biggest gift the world had ever seen, and even he couldn't keep it to himself. He gets me. Oh, and God didn't just let the surprise slip one time. He let the cat out of the bag over 300 times in the Old Testament. We call them prophecies. But, okay, here's the difference between God's prophecies and spoiling a surprise. One is getting a gift early, but you don't get to open it. And the other is God giving us the gift of hope while we waited for Jesus to come. Do you see it? He wasn't telling us a secret. He was making us a promise. Because don't you know, only three chapters into the creation story, we humans really messed things up. And we needed saving. Desperately. Oh, So, God kept sending hope through prophets and messengers, a divine promise given to us through the inspired words of his servants. And that promise was the gift of his son, the Messiah. (sighs) And by the way, hope isn't finished. It's not over. He promises he's coming to take us home again. So, will you accept the gift? Pastor Mary, thank you so much. Uh, I love that. It was so good. I'm getting my situated here. How's everyone doing? If my voice sounds a little bit weird today, deeper, it's not because adolescence hit me a second time, but it seems like we're all sharing the same bug with each other, but getting it twice in a couple of weeks doesn't cut it, but hey, I'm on the mend. The thing about it is that someone told me... Uh, probably a couple of days ago, that I sounded like Barry White. And so that is how we're actually going to start the service this morning. So Pastor Steve, could you pull up the track? And he starts with, you know, people have often told me that too much of anything isn't a good thing. But I don't know about that. No, nah, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm doing much better than I sound. 
So we're in week three of our Wonder of Christmas series, and if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you'll remember that Pastor Dan got us started by speaking on joy, and then last week, you'll remember that my wife, she shared on keeping the peace. Now, if you missed any of those messages, do make some time to listen to them. I was greatly encouraged by both of them, and I know that you will too. And talking about our Wonder of Christmas series, I want to remind you that as we've done in years past, we are having a Christmas Eve service. We talked about it earlier in announcement, and we've got some fun things planned for your family and friends. We've got like 20 people who have been rehearsing and working hard and memorizing lines for our play that evening. And get this, even this week, we had some of our men here in the building. I think we have some pictures of that. They were here during the week building sets for that play, putting them together. I just want to say thank you guys for faithfully stepping up to the plate. Would you give them a round of applause? You know, but even more than that, we've got another 20 people in our choir. And they will also be performing at our Christmas Eve service. I'm telling you, it's going to be fun, filled, and it's going to be a great evening for your family and friends. Now, I had my card in here, but it fell out down there. But you should have gotten one on the way in, an invite card. You should have gotten an invite card that says Dorothy's Christmas Play on there. And... I want you to prayerfully consider who you'll invite that evening. And then invite that person. Don't just pray about it. You've got to invite the person. All right? Or family. It could be more than one. Because we want to pack this place out. But also we are praying and believing that those who will be coming that evening will be ministered to by our service and by the Holy Spirit. So if you didn't get one of those invite cards on the way in, please stop by our welcome center on your way out, and we have some more there. All right, this morning I'll be talking about hope. And I've titled my message for today as the God of hope. Let's open in prayer before we get into this. Father, we thank you that you are indeed the true wonder of Christmas. I thank you that there's joy that is found in you. There's peace that is found in you, God. And you're our only hope, Lord. And so as we listen to the words today, God, I pray that may we incline our ears to what you're saying. In your name we pray. Amen. Also, Kala mentioned this earlier, and uh, she did an amazing job. And what she mentioned was that we have seven to five of these tags. But I want to even let you know that some of you weren't able to shop. And one of the things we had said was that if you're not able to shop, you can give online and we will go out shopping. Well, Debbie, where's Debbie Kaikendall, went out this past week and she did the shopping. And so I am telling you, we have at least a hundred gifts up here because from your giving, we were able to buy even more for the kids. And so thank you guys so much, so much for giving. <clears throat> you know, since we've been living in the U.S., my wife and I, 
and uh, we've been on this immigration journey, one of the things I've been doing over, uh, well, more recently so, is I'm reading a lot of American history and familiarizing myself with that. Uh, there's a civics test that you have to take and all that stuff. And uh, oftentimes when I start reading something or I start discovering something or researching something, I kind of get like tunnel visioned and I just start focusing on one area and that thing. And one of the things I came across was uh, I was reading about submarines and that led me to reading even more about submarines. And so almost a hundred years ago, a U.S. submarine, USS S-4, sank to the ocean floor off Cape Cod with its crew on board. A rescue operation ensued, and when the divers approached the submarine, they heard a tapping sound from the inside. And when they stopped to listen, they heard this message tapped in Morse code. Is there any hope? Is there any hope? And I'd say that that is the question still tapped from within the depths of the human heart today. In the hour of tragedy and of impeding death, it is most poignant, but hope is not a luxury that we get to get along without. It is an absolute necessity if we are to have a zest for life. Hope is faith in the future, faith that gives courage and strength and fate to face the present. In fact, scientific studies tells us that hopelessness shortens life. When a person is without hope, they feel cornered and trapped and loses the will to live. Science itself, according to Dr. Carl Menninger, is built on hope. And I think that's true because today... We're still hoping for a cure for cancer. That is why people of science are working hard in their labs to make this hope come true. In the meantime, cancer patients and families ask, is there any hope? But even if a cure is found to lengthen the span of life, there is still a boundary which no human hopes can cross. And that boundary is certain death that awaits all of us. And if one is hopeless in facing death, then one is also hopeless in facing life. But the good news of Christmas gives the answer to our question. Is there hope? Yes, there is hope. The men in the sunken submarine were absolutely unable to cope with their tragic situation as their only hope for rescue was coming from the outside. And that is precisely the situation of all mankind. Trapped by the powers of evil and death, the things of this world makes us hopeless and doomed if we believe in them. But there is hope, for rescue has come from the outside. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 11. You know, there are two basic attitudes towards life. One of hope and one of dread. One of trust, the other of fear. One of optimism, the other of gloom. Imagine if Como weather forecast, one day you're listening to it, and they said something like this. There's a 5% chance of today and tomorrow. Imagine if they said that. Now, we know that the odds are better than that. But there are some people who live with such a feeling of dread and doom in their lives that they dismiss the possibility of joy even when life is being good to them. They just know that it cannot last. Because somewhere, sometime, somehow, something out there is going to happen to them that will wreck their best laid plans, that will frustrate their fondest dreams, that will crush everything they hold there. That is one attitude towards life. Fortunately, it is not the Christian attitude. Or rather, it shouldn't be the Christian attitude. It was not Paul's attitude, to be sure. See, Paul knew that we live in a difficult world. He had experienced more than his share of sorrow and suffering. And we also fear our own share of trials. But Paul believed that lasting joy and peace were not only possibilities in life. He believed that someday they would become permanent realities. He had hope in the present life and for the future. Church, this is why I'm here to tell you today that this is a season of the year where we celebrate the God of hope. The decor, the lights, all the sights and sounds of this special time of the year should speak to us about hope, should speak to us that God is alive. Love and peace and goodwill are still possibilities today. There is far more than a 5% chance of today and tomorrow because of a babe born 2,000 years ago in a little town called Bethlehem. Hope came into our world. Hope that is unquenchable and eternal. Amen? During this Christmas season, we need to look only for one star. A star that shines much brighter than all the rest. It is the star of Christmas. Jesus, who is always the world's greatest symbol of hope. So as Paul writes, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're taking notes this morning, uh, this would be my first point here. And I'd encourage you to write this down. Point one, Jesus is hope for the world. The English writer H.G. Wells once wrote a story titled, In the Days of the Comet. Wells' story is somewhat a typical science fiction fantasy. A mysterious green vapor of unknown origin descends from the clouds and covers the earth. The vapor has the immediate effect of putting all of earth's people into a deep sleep for three days. When they finally awake, something amazing has happened. 
their inner nature is radically transformed. Petty quarreling comes to an end. Instead of seeking fame, power, and wealth, the people of the world seek to serve one another. Love, kindness, and generosity become more important than greed or success. In short, the perfect society emerges. A society in which the dignity of every human being is honored. Now, that's a fictional story, but I'd say that the prophet Isaiah looked forward to that kind of day. He looked forward to a day when the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. Of course, Isaiah was not anticipating a green vapor that would come down out of the clouds. He was prophesying a shoot that would come from the stump of Jesse. That is Isaiah's way of saying that there was a Messiah coming who would establish a new order, who would bring into being a new kingdom in which love is more important than power and service is more important than domination. And that is how we ought to be living in this world, because we are his vessels. John the Baptist saw himself as a herald of that Messiah, the one whose job was to prepare the way for the Messiah. And as believers, We need to remember and affirm that when the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus himself, came into the world, he brought with him the seed of a new kingdom, a kingdom that is still alive and still at work whenever the name of Jesus is on the lips of the believers. It's a kingdom that has dispelled darkness, ignorance, fear, exploitation, and human slavery. Everywhere the good news is faithfully proclaimed. No tyrant can forever suppress it. No evil can forever resist its fury. No wonder John spoke with such starkness of the wrath which was to come. He said, the gates of hell itself cannot prevail against the kingdom which came into the world with the birth of Jesus Christ. No wonder the angels sang in the heavens and the wise men bowed in adoration. Philip Brooks was right when he wrote, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Have you met this hope, church? Do you know of this hope, church? So is there hope? Yes, there is hope. Jesus is hope for the world. Jesus is hope for you and me. In London, and if you're ever wondering why I speak a lot about things that either happen in Britain or the British, it's because I w- our country was colonized by the British. So a lot of my education, I learned about things that happened in England or in Britain. So to this story, in London... During the Second World War, when war planes were bombing that great city with regularity, train loads of children were evacuated to the countryside in order to safeguard them. And there's this story recorded of an orphan young lad who was asked by someone, Where are you going? He thought for a minute and replied, I don't know, but the king knows. And we're in the same situation. We don't know what the future holds, 
But our king knows. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he knows. And this is a season of the year when we are reminded at every turn that he is still at work in this world. And even though we may be surrounded by darkness and trials, we know that there is light. There is a light shining in the darkness that the darkness cannot overcome. Even the prospect of death cannot dispel the believer's sense of anticipation. This is why the Apostle Paul could say, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians 1-2. My second point would be this. Hope in Jesus does not disappoint. Hope in Jesus does not disappoint. Romans 5-5 tells us, And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The Christmas story that we read in the Bible is full of shining examples of people who put their hope in Christ and were not disappointed. Think about the Magi who traveled such a great distance to see Jesus. Imagine if they went all that distance and Jesus wasn't even there. That would have been disappointing. But their hope was not disappointed. They found him in Bethlehem just as it has been prophesied. And there are many other examples as well. What about Mary? Mary was told by the angel that she would give birth to the Savior. Every pregnancy is a time of waiting, expectation, and hope. And in this respect, Mary's pregnancy was no different. And so we read in Luke chapter 2, verses 5 to 7, it says, Joseph went to Bethlehem to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. All of Mary's hopes for that baby were fulfilled. When the baby was born and she held that newborn infant in her arms and wrapped him in the fabric and laid him in the manger, Mary's hope in Christ was not disappointed. And then there is Simeon, a man from Jerusalem who was waiting for the Messiah to come. Let's read again in Luke chapter 2 verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised him, praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismissed your, dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. God told Simeon that he would see the Messiah before he died. 
And the precise moment that Joseph and Mary were bringing Jesus into the temple, the Spirit moved Simeon to go into the temple too. Simeon put his hope in Christ, and he was not disappointed. And then there is the prophetess Anna. We also read about her in Luke chapter 2. Let's start at verse 36. He said, There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them. At that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna lived many years as a widow But she put all her hope in God, and her hope was not disappointed. And then we must also remember that the Christmas season is not just about those who waited for His first coming, but it's also about us who wait for His second coming. Church, when Christ returns, He will banish all evil. He will make all things right. He will restore the earth. We will see Him face to face, and all our hopes will be fulfilled as we read in Romans eight twenty-three to 25. But we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Are you waiting patiently, friends? Wherever you go, are you taking this hope with you? Are you walking in the power of that hope that is available to you? When you put your hope in Christ, you and I will not be disappointed. As Romans 10.11 says, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. If you put your trust in other things, they will disappoint you. Whether you put your trust in people or in possessions or in future plans you have made, other things will disappoint you, but not Christ. Jesus will never disappoint you because hope in Christ does not disappoint. So what is the hope of the world? It is that God, quite apart from anything we can do or have done, gave us a gift wrapped in swaddling clothes. Almost 2,000 years ago. We didn't produce it, demand it, earn it, expect it, think it up, or will it into being. Rather, it is a pure, gracious, unmerited, unexpected gift. God sent us a babe and placed him in a manger at Bethlehem. And all we can do is humbly bend the knee before him who heaven and earth adore. So therefore, it is indeed the most wonderful time of the year. And you and I are free to choose the attitude with which we confront life. We can believe that there is a 5% chance of today and tomorrow. Or we can believe the good news of Christmas. That God is alive and well and at work in our world. Bringing in a kingdom of love and justice and freedom. We can face the future with fear 
and foreboding, or we can trust in God who has sustained us through the years and has promised us that he will never leave us nor forsake us regardless of our situation. We can choose to live in continued darkness or we can step out into the light of hope, of triumph and eternal victory. When times like these are bad, we tend to lose hope that things will turn out all right. Our country is presently in a state of cynicism and pessimism. The fad is to downgrade everyone and everything. Just about everywhere, you can find general dissatisfaction, apathy, and malice. You can find people experiencing loneliness, anxiety, depression, brokenness, and frustration. And it gives the sense of a people without hope. And the question I find myself asking is, is there any basis for hope for our time? And just to be sure, let me remind you, there is no hope in man, only in God. And so once again, church, we need to lift our heads to the heaven and hear the words of Isaiah, Behold your God. God is greater than man and our problems. This is his world, and God holds the world in his hands. When we were kids, we used to say, He got the whole world in his hands and many of us sang that as kids but somehow we've allowed the world and the enemy's scheme to snuff out our hope don't buy what the enemy is selling don't buy what the world is selling don't buy what social media is selling don't buy what the news is selling rather buy into the fact that Jesus is the Messiah he is the hope of all the nations he is the savior of all men He is the one that brings the rescue from outside ourselves. He delivers us from sin and death and despair. And He gives us joy, peace, and hope as His children. Amen? And how does He do it? He does it by the power of His Holy Spirit. By the power of His Holy Spirit, He gives us faith so that we are radiant with hope, no matter what situation we must face. Christ is not only a historical figure, but the indwelling Christ, who through His Spirit lives in the heart of every believer, empowers us to surmount all obstacles. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Whatever you're walking through, He has given you everything you need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by the means of His marvelous glory and excellence. Second Peter 1.3 The last enemy to be overcome is death. And the hope of the Christian in facing even death does not lie in man's power to defy, but in God's power to raise man from the dead. This power is the Holy Spirit. Romans 8-11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ to Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Are you walking by the power of the Holy Spirit? 
I'll close with this this morning. I'll invite the worship team to come up at this time. The Christmas season is a wonderful season for so many reasons. But one of the most important reasons is the hope that Jesus brings to a lost world. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. To save sinners. That means he came to save you and I. And I think that most of us, if not all of us here, have a relationship with Christ. And Jesus was born into this world at Christmas so that he could grow to be a man and die on the cross for your sins and for mine, but also for the sins of the world. And so this would be the last thing I want to remind you of before leaving here today. You could write this down as a point if you're taking notes. He has commissioned and included us to be vessels of his hope. He has commissioned and included us to be vessels of his hope. We can live for ourselves alone, or we can make the world a better place to live for all persons. And what do I mean by that? Well, he charged us with the following in Matthew 28:19 to 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. At this time, I'd like to invite my wife to come up front, and if you can just start playing quietly in the background. I want to end this morning with an object lesson for you. While I'm getting this prepared, I want you to be thinking about the hope that we have in Jesus. You know, I I knew I was going to do this probably two weeks ago. And during the morning, we have a pre-service prayer. And some of the things that I've talked about this morning are things we prayed about this morning. And so, if you could hold this for me. Thank you. I have two lighters here. And I want you to look at yourself as this light in the world. And you have people walking in this world. And at times, they're hopeless. There's depression. There's anxiety. There's fear. There's brokenness. Loss of a loved one. Loss of marriage. Kids not living for the Lord. All kinds of heartaches and trials. And you feel like you're drowning. And this person loses their life. 
Because the things of this life has drowned it out. I used to sing a song when I was growing up. There is a candle in every heart. Some brightly burning, some dark and cold. And I want to tell you, church, that you as this light, you get to come alongside people in this world and light their lights. You get to do that. People who are drowning in depression, drowning in anxiety. At times that might even be us. But because you have the Holy Spirit living inside you, because the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you, you have hope for tomorrow. You have hope for today. You have hope for the future. Whatever you're walking through, and I know they're difficult. I know it's hard. I know it's challenging. But maybe it is that you need to pair up with someone and ask them to pray for you. Maybe it is that you are that light of hope, the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. Maybe you are that light of hope for someone else. And so I didn't prepare this beforehand, but I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up front. And they're, going, they're, they're always prepared. Prayer is always good. And as we go into this song, if you feel that you've been struggling with depression, anxiety, feeling hopeless, if there's someone that comes to mind, you feel that their light is going low or it's been snuffed out by the things of this world. As we go into this song, I'd ask that you would come up for prayer. Church, hope in Christ does not disappoint. Would you put your hope in Him today? And would you be the beacons of His hope to a world who is desperately in need of Jesus more than ever? Because there is more than a 5% chance of today or tomorrow in Him. There is. Even if tomorrow never comes, we'll be reunited with him in eternity. So let's go into this song. And again, I want you to prayerfully take this time and truly come up for prayer. Don't be wondering about the person to your left or right or what will they think of me? What am I coming to be, get prayer for? Allow them to stand alongside you. Allow them to hold up your arms. Allow them to pray for you. Or come and stand in the gap for someone. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us, church? Steve, would you actually put up uh, Romans 5, 5? Jesse said this earlier, and I think this is so important for us to receive as we sing this song. Again, he says, in this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know, listen to this church, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I just want to say this real quick. Um, You're not going to hear a better message on hope. Or last week, you're not going to hear a better message on peace. And there's power in the preaching of the word. But I've been doing this a long time. 
And unfortunately, every Sunday, there are many people who hear the word, but never receive the word. And that's not a choice that your pastor gets to make for you. That's your choice today. Receive this word. And so what I'm just going to say is maybe you need to close your eyes, but allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you in this moment, to minister to you his hope, the hope that does not disappoint. So again, just receive. Receive right now. Life Spring Church, the service isn't over. Receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. Allow him to minister to your heart right now. Allow him to minister to you his hope right now. We just receive, Lord. There's some of you, you've been Christians a long time. You know there's a wall. You, even now, you are judging this service left and right. But the Lord wants to break through your self-righteousness. And he wants to soften your heart that you would receive his hope again. Receive. Let it be fresh again. Let the living water of his Holy Spirit break forth again. Let it be a freshness. You know it's a stale pond, but he can break through right now and bring a freshness of his spirit. Just allow the freshness of his spirit to wash over you again. His spirit that brings hope and life and joy and peace. Allow his spirit just to flow again in your life. A rushing water, a rushing living water. Where his spirit is, there is life. Where his spirit is, there is life. We thank you, Lord. Just receive that ministry of the Holy Spirit this morning. Hallelujah.